Welcome to FreeBSD Talk, number 17. It's Tuesday, February 14th, 2006. Well, today we have an interview with Scott Long, so I'm just going to jump right to it. No news. I'll uh, talk to you after the interview. Right on BSD Talk, we're speaking with Scott Long, one of the free BSD release engineers, or are you the free BSD release engineer? There's actually a team of, I guess, five of us, and uh, I've been assuming the lead role for the last few years, but um, it's very much a team effort. Several other guys do a lot of the the uh, heavy lifting, so to speak. So, so yeah, I consider myself a release engineer. Great. Could you describe a little bit about your background and how you got started with BSD? My background is that I was exposed to BSD uh, when I was in college at the University of Michigan in 92 and 93. And that's back when it was just uh, 386 BSD. There was no FreeBSD, NetBSD, anything like that yet. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things that I've been using some machines at the university, and I was very impressed with being able to, to run a BSD on, on my desktop. So I uh, just kind of went with it from there. After that, I, I spent six years in the Navy and, and uh, didn't do a whole lot of Unix release stuff during that time, but once I got out, I moved to Colorado and started working for a company called Adaptech, and had the opportunity to start being seriously involved in, in FreeBSD drivers for the, for the Adaptech products, and that's how I got my commitment with FreeBSD. I got that, I believe, in the fall of uh, 2000. So from there, started out with the mandate to work on Adaptech-grade drivers and expanded into file systems and other sorts of drivers and, and things like that. And then in, I think, 2002, I was asked to join the release engineering team first to, to kind of be a secretary and help with communication and then take on a more active role in, in helping with releases and, and helping set direction and, and that kind of stuff. That kind of sums up what I've been doing with FreeBSD. It's, you know, start out with simple drivers and now I'm doing stuff with file systems and more core pieces of, of the operating system and, of course, release engineering and, and all that. Can you describe the release engineering process? The BSDs have a reputation for having uh, what they sometimes call an evolutionary instead of revolutionary release process, you know, conservative and stable. So maybe you could give us a little window into that process. Right. Well, it centers around our source control system. Um, we use CVS primarily, and we have several branches in CVS that are active at, at any one time. The, the head branch of CVS is what we consider our current branch. Right now it's 7-current. It's, uh, and that's where, you know, in, in time, that's where all the new features go and all the new bug, bug fixes and everything Everything passes through there first. Everything that's experimental and everything that's, that's meant for future releases. In time, we're looking at probably about every two or three years, we make a branch off, off of the CVS head and we start doing releases off that branch. So in June of 2005, we branched the CBS head and we branched 6 current into the release, the Relange 6 branch, and then we released uh, FreeBSD 6.0. And then, as you know, we're going to be releasing 6.1 here in, in a few months, and that's also going to be off the Relange 6 branch. 
And what's going in, into that branch right now is you know, mostly bug fixes, a few new features, some new drivers, that kind of stuff. But it, it's fairly conservative. All, all the real big developments going on still in, in the head branch, and it'll stay there until it's time to settle that down and, and branch it again. As for the details of you know the mechanics of, of what goes on with the release, we're very much centered around pushing out uh, release candidates and, and beta builds to the community to, to help with the testing. You know, as I mentioned, there's there's five of us on the team, but that's not really enough to do adequate testing. So we really rely on, on pushing out these builds and getting feedback and, and taking bug reports and then tracking those bug reports. One of the tools that, that we use to, to gauge the release process is we have a have a, a kind of a to-do list that we publish that contains bug reports and, and feature requests and things of that nature that are in high demand or could you know could be showstoppers or, or you know destabilizing bugs. And we basically use that to, to gauge when we're ready to release. With like uh, 6.0, I had hoped to, to get released in only a few months, but we had enough bugs on our to-do list that we decided that we were just going to keep on pushing through and fishing and fixing bugs and building release candidates until all the bugs got fixed and it was stable enough to, to release, and that's what we did. We do try to take a more of a formal approach to it of, of tracking bugs and, and and getting feedback and, and turning around and, and pushing fixes back out and and then not releasing until we're until everyone's satisfied with, with the result. We do have a schedule that we try and keep and that's more just to, to drive the users and, and drive the developers into keeping on track and, and fixing bugs in, in a reasonable amount of time. But like I said, it really does come down to fixing bugs until we're satisfied with, with the outcome and, and we're ready to release. How much coordination is there between the core FreeBSD system and the ports and packages system. Obviously, the pace of open source development is extremely fast. You know, the latest releases of KDE or the GNOME desktop are coming out really quickly. I'm sure there's, you know, those schedules which are trying to push everything quickly versus the core system, which probably is trying to keep things stable. And I just didn't know, you know, how much pressure there is between those two different sides of the release process. We do try and coordinate as much as possible. The we guys for the port manager team stay in pretty good contact with with the release engineering team, and we try and coordinate schedules. Um, the real problem has been that we've had a dual release cycle going for the last couple of years, where we've been doing both previously uh, four point X releases and five point X releases concurrently throughout the year, and that's created a lot of problems. In that, while we maintain separate branches for previously core system based system. The ports tree does not, so every time we did a release, they'd have to stop everything that they were doing and buckle down and you know fix their bugs and, and go through their whole process. That was becoming a big burden on them. So one of the things that I started to do with starting last year is, is try and space out the releases a little more and get rid of the, the dual release cycle thing so that there is more time for the ports side so to work on you know integrating a new version of KDE or integrating a new version of, of OpenOffice and, and those kind of things. One thing that Ports system does really have to its credit is that they have a huge set of computers at various data centers around the around the, the country and I think around the world actually that constantly do builds of packages of you know try and try and build every single package available and do that continuously and they do that both for keep the packages fresh and 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 test out package interactions with each other but also to test the stability of FreeBSD itself doing massive, massively parallel package builds 
really put the stress on on the system, you know, the file system and the scheduler and all those kind of things. So they've actually been very good in helping us find bugs. We do have a very close relationship on both sides, and, and uh, I think it actually works out pretty well. I believe in the uh, last announcement that you gave out regarding the beta releases of 6.1 and, what was it, 5.5, mm-hmm. um, that uh, this will be the last release of the 5 series? Right, right. And then that's what I was talking about, trying to wrap up doing uh, dual release cycles. It, it is a big burden on the release engineering team and on developers and on the ports team. And we feel that, that previously 6 has, has gone so far ahead in terms of stability, in terms of functionality, in terms of performance, that it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for us to focus on FreeBSD 5 anymore. Um, the upgrade process from 5 to 6 is actually very, very easy. There's very few surprises in the base system, very few major systems that have changed. So we really are, enc- are encouraging users to, to evaluate FreeBSD 6 as soon as possible. The security team will, will keep on supporting FreeBSD 5 for another two years. That's, that's their policy. So people that, that are stuck with 5 that, for whatever reason, can't upgrade, you know, their product is based on it, and they can't justify uh, the expense to, to, to upgrade. We'll still have support for another for two more years, but we just won't be doing any more releases because we re- we'd really rather focus our attention on making FreeBSD 6 better and, and, and going ahead with new features in the future. Well, that that length of support from the security team is is really remarkable. You know, there's a lot of other um, free operating systems that usually only support a year. Yeah, and if you remember uh, Red Hat, it was Red Hat Professional when they made the the decision to, to drop Professional and, and go to go to uh, Fedora Core. I think the support on Red Hat Nine ceased after only uh, six months. It was it was really abrupt. So so yeah, that, that's something that we take pride in that that we do try very hard to support our past releases, even if they are obsolete, because we do understand that, that people rely on them and, and rely on being able to, to get security fixes. So with everyone hopefully moving up to the 6 series, um, are there any interesting features that you'd want to highlight for the upcoming releases? Well, for FreeBSD 6.1, it's mostly tweaks and bug fixes, those kind of things, You know, just normal progress of polishing the system off. Um, there's been a few speed improvements that have happened in, in the head branch that are being considered for, for bringing back into FreeBSD 6. I'm not going to make any promises because I don't want to disappoint people, but, but th- there actually has been a lot of work, in, a lot further work in, in performance. Um, there's been some drivers added, but mostly it is a maintenance release. It's, it's a little bit more polished. It's fixing some of the bugs that people came across after the 6.0 release. And on the fourth side, gives you, uh, I guess, new KDE and, and new open office and, and those kind of things. So that's actually kind of exciting. Looking forward, we're going to do six or six one and, and five five right now. That'll be in, the end of the five series. Later in the year, we'll we'll be doing six two, and then at the beginning of next year, or either at the end of this year or at the beginning of next year, we'll be doing six three. And then, middle of two thousand seven, we're going to be branching FreeBSD seven, and that's where all the major work that we've been going up that's been happening in, in, in CVS will will come to fruition, and that's things like ARM support. X-scale arm, strong arm support, those kind of things. There's work going on for for locking down the uh, SCSI subsystem, making SCSI uh, a lot faster. Um, there's work going on uh, for uh, large-scale file system improvements. There's there's work with um, getting rid of the, of the limit of 256 terminals, uh, which is something that ISP has been asking for for a long time. You know, we're still a long ways away from the release date. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more features in that time, too. But there's a lot, a lot of work going on 
for some very impressive performance improvements that will either show up in future previous C6 releases or, or may wait until previous C7. Has Apple's move to the Intel architecture taken the wind out of the sales of the PowerPC support? I've, I've, had, a, I've had a lot of talk of, of talks with uh, Peter Graham, the, the guy that's leading the PowerPC effort. And the way that, that he saw the PowerPC support was that supporting the Apple hardware, the Apple PowerPC hardware was, was convenient and that it was easy to get a hold of hardware and easy for you know, other users to get it and, and run it and, and help them support it. But running FreeBSD on, on a Mac wasn't really his ultimate goal. But what his real goal was is to get FreeBSD more into the embedded PowerPC area. Um, things like supporting the IBM 440 series embedded chips, things like supporting the cell chip. Those kind of things are, are, are where it would actually be very exciting. And Mac support was just means to an end to get PowerPC support more accessible to everyone. So the news from Apple isn't isn't a terribly big blow to that. You know, there's still going to be PowerPC-based Macs available for a long time to come, either you know from Apple or, or on eBay. It will support that effort. But certainly, going forward, we do want to support the, the new Intel stuff from Apple too. And and it's looking like it's uh, it's actually making progress. There's several developers that have new iMacs right now that are working on getting free Steve Ryan on them. So I expect that to to become a a viable target here very soon. I also wanted to get some of your thoughts on the cross-pollination of code between the different uh, BSDs. You know, the BSDs are perhaps proliferating a little bit with, you know, Dragonfly BSD and then Desktop BSD and PC BSD. I just didn't know whether you had a sense of how much work was being shared between the different BSDs. Well, I mean, there's definitely been divergence over time, and, and you have to remember that it's been 13 years since uh, NetBSD and, and what became FreeBSD diverged. And that's, a, that's a long time. There's still a little bit of sharing that goes on between the, the, the traditional BSDs, I'll call them, you know, the free net and open BSD, and things like um, like USB drivers and, and, and those kind of things, more peripheral type things. And, and I expect that to, to keep on going on. But as time goes on, more and more core functionality diverges. So it really is limited to, to more peripheral drivers. As far as between Dragonfly and, and FreeBSD, you know, of course, Dragonfly is based off, off of FreeBSD 4, and there is a lot of opportunity for sharing. And there are several FreeBSD developers that have committed access to both FreeBSD and Dragonfly, and things are brought back and forth between the two of them. So there actually is a pretty good relationship there. There actually is a good amount of sharing where it's appropriate. So, you know, Dragonfly's goals on, on multiprocessor and, and scalability are vastly different from FreeBSD's. There isn't a whole lot of sharing going on there, but you know, as far as as what's core functionality, there is there actually is still a good bit of sharing going on. So it's a pretty good relationship. Um, things like the installer that Dragonfly developed, the the BSD installer, that's actually been fully ported to FreeBSD, and and we'll probably see it being uh, being put into FreeBSD seven relatively soon. Are there any other interesting projects that you're working on? For me personally, I mentioned before SCSI. Locking SCSI SMP that's going to be that's going to massively improve the performance of SCSI, and of course SCSI itself is, is kind of gaining on going away. But there's there's new technology with SAS and Fiber Channel and and those kind of things that will benefit from it uh, moving forward. Also, I'm working on journaling for UFS so that when your system goes down hard, either due to a power loss or a crash or whatever, that coming back up uh, fifth runs you know in, in a few seconds versus 
dozens of minutes or however long or, you know, not at all. So those are my, my primary focuses right now. Maybe one question about the uh, journaling in UFS. What features of journaling make it a, an advantage over soft updates? In terms of reliability, the debate has been going on for, for years about, you know, which is more reliable, which is faster. You know, various benchmarks, one beats out the other, and, and it, it's pretty much a, a wash back and forth. You know, the whole idea of soft updates is to arrange the writes on the disk so that if you do fail, that nothing's inconsistent, that, that when you come back up, you can always figure out where, where you were and, and recover from it. And, you know, for the most part, that, that works out fairly well. The problem is, is that with problem soft updates is that even though things are consistent and you, and you can figure out what was going on and, and reconstruct what was going on when you crashed, it still requires a full disk. And on a desktop hard drive, that you know, that might only take a few a few minutes, but on a on a large file server on a corporate system where you have hundreds of gigabytes, if not terabytes, if not hundreds of terabytes of data, this just is not an option. It takes too long, it consumes too much memory, and, and it really is a showstopper. It just can't run. So that's where journaling has, has the inherent advantage the soft updates just can't provide. Of Journaling can, can quickly check the disk and, and regain consistency you know, in just a matter of seconds. And what is your general day-to-day desktop look like? I consider myself to have two desktop systems. One's my laptop, and that's a uh, that's an Intel Centrino cell system. And that's running FreeBC, of course. And uh, my window manager is uh, WindowMaker, and my browser is Mozilla. If I ever need to read a Word document in a pinch, I, I use uh, StarOffice. Then my main, I guess my, my main desktop system is a Mac Mini. And with that, you know, I can run uh, virtual PC and I can run uh, Word and, and Excel and all those kind of things for when I need a little bit heavier duty word processing. I guess maybe one final question, VI or Emacs? Or maybe something else? Oh, uh, VI. Yeah, all right. Well, great. Well, I want to thank you very much for talking with us tonight. It was my pleasure. Thank you. And uh, wish you luck on this upcoming release. Thanks a lot. All right, thank you. I want to thank Scott Long again for speaking with us. If you'd like to leave comments on the website, that's bsdtalk.blogspot.com. Or if you'd like to send me an email, you can reach me at bitgeist at yahoo.com. That's B-I-T-G-E-I-S-T at yahoo.com. This has been BSD Talk number 17.